0: Graphic design? Can you make a living at that? Three, two, one, 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 one. Welcome to Design Futures, a show about what happens after design school. I'm Chris Ainsier, and my guest on this episode is Eric Cotton. How are you? Good. How are you, Chris? What's going I'm, on? Um, good. I see a dog in the background, but I'm going to give you yes. a little intro. Erica is an experienced consultant at Salesforce. I'm excited to understand what that is. Some of the clients she's worked with, Chipotle, Target, and Toyota. Uh, She's also an affiliated broadcaster on Twitch and a 2014 graduate of the College of St. Rose. Uh, So good to see you. Good good to see you too. Oh my goodness. Is that Luna in the background?
1: Yeah, that's Luna. She's she's running around. She'll be yeah. casually going back and forth while we're doing this she'll probably end up on that chair asleep at some point
0: what kind yeah. of dog is luna
1: um she's a chihuahua mix oh. she's a very tall chihuahua i get very many double takes when people see her and get confused <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
0: It's like what? that's a very large
1: chihuahua. <laughs> large chihuahua yeah. Yeah. what have you been doing all kinds of stuff oh man how's life um life's good life's been crazy i mean we're all i think we're all having a crazy time I don't know. I've just been, I've been doing a lot of video gaming, which, I mean, you mentioned Twitch. So that's, that's like video games are my jam, my my free uh, time jam, but what what games do you play? Oh man. I do a lot of dead by daylight, which is um, a horror co-op game. I do World of Warcraft. I was like, I I say that around.
0: Yeah, it is. (laughs) You you laugh, you laugh. I know.
1: I giggle every time I say it. Cause I'm like, when I talk to people who don't game, they're like, oh, World of Warcraft. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like she's one of those, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a, it's very fun. You know? Yeah. I like magic. I'm a magic gal. So it's fun there. What's um, the magic? La- oh, just like the concept of being like a maid. Oh, and, okay. Like, yeah. spell, like right. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, So you can be one of those in World of Warcraft. What other games? Overwatch, okay. which is like a, a okay. very like cartoony shooter um i've yeah. been playing a lot more of call of duty late, lately which is definitely not a cartoony shooter mm-hmm. more of a normal like trying to be as real life as possible shooter lots of stuff so yeah. um and i'm still at, at salesforce be there be there like four years in february so it's been a while and, now
0: and so what's um what is salesforce i mean i looked it up but you're gonna have to like from your perspective it's some kind of huge consulting customer service platform so
1: yeah. Um, what, what is it? What's your so what's I didn't elevator know, pitch? And, but when my when my company initially, or my, the company I was at got acquired, I had no idea what it was either. It took me a while to even understand too. So essentially it's a software that people pay for. It is browser based. And you are essentially buying a toolkit that allows you to better, better service your customers or better sell to your customers, depending on what, who you are. So we have so many thousands of clients And they have licenses for the software and then you, they have their customer database inside of it. And so that you can see like your latest opportunities, your latest leads, your latest service calls, you know, what their customer sentiment score is, that kind of thing. So it's really, it's technically CRM, which is customer relationship management. That's like the, the industry term for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're kind of like the what's the word like the apple of CRM is essentially what it is yeah so yeah I
0: know the name I mean it's you see it everywhere Um, I
1: I didn't even know the name when I got acquired I was like oh it's a blue cloud okay sure (laughs) like like that's a logo that's all I knew
0: (laughs) yeah I kept seeing it and like wow that looks like something I I would have no idea what it is I I watched the intro video and it it kind of cleared things up oh okay uh, interesting centered around this one person who owns a grocery store and like, I don't know, all of his all of his suppliers and his marketing mm-hmm. team and the sales team. And yeah, it was, um, it seems very in-depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what is your role there? What's like you have, you say experienced consultant. Yes. Is that?
1: It's a UX designer. It's okay. just, yeah, it's a UX designer. So essentially my part of the organization is inside, is is an agency inside of Salesforce. We are essentially project-based consultants to go on, on a project. Usually we're traveling. Unfortunately, that's not the case right now. We assess their problems. We do discovery. We do all the, the normal design design spiel. Then we take what their issues are with the platform or with their current situation, whatever the case is that's associated, that can be controlled by UX, right? And assess the best way to adjust their UI, adjust their the uh, the UX in general, essentially try our best to make their jobs easier through the software, which is
0: nice. And so what what is your role as a as a UX designer? What are you doing on a like a like what is your what do you do on a daily basis? Like what do you have deliverables? Are you are you writing? What's what's your um, job like? It really depends on the project and like
1: what the needs are of the project. Cause obviously, like you said, Salesforce is very in depth. So it has like, we have so many cloud clouds, quote unquote marketing. We have community cloud, we have sales cloud, we have service cloud, a lot of different aspects that, that all of this stuff covers. So it de- really depends on the project. If I were on a project for a certain cloud, I would definitely be expected to do some user, user interviews for research to, to gather myself and probably another designer. Usually there's at least two of us on there and we're doing that research to gather the information that we're to to know what to do next, essentially. And then after we get that feedback, we figure out where the issues are lying and we have to do rapid prototyping, wireframing and sketch at this moment, although we're kind of shifting to Figma, which is cool. It really depends. I do a lot. I have to do a lot of um, story grooming sometimes because we work in it's for sprint, essentially sprint-based working. So it's really was created for devs, I guess, from what I understand anyway. Developers. Yes, developers. Sorry. (laughs) Developers. Yeah. So essentially they'll they'll create a bunch of different write-ups for requirements that the business has. So business requires you know, X, Y, and Z. And then those each of those pieces, if they're in uh, you know, sort of probably a a large idea, like this interface is broken or something, you know what I mean? Something very big, which was usually referred to as an epic. And then from there, you take that and you break it down into smaller pieces so that people can essentially get more work done by bringing it into smaller pieces. It's a lot of you know really nice task setting is really what it is. So a lot of times developers need wireframe ref- representation to make, make that story into reality, because sometimes what they see in their head and what they end up developing might not match the best UX experience, <laughs> user experience, excuse me, because they're developers and not UX designers, which is mm-hmm. fair. I would say I've been doing a lot more of that piece of the work late, lately, which is, I think is more business analyst type of mm-hmm. concept. I think that I sort of fell into a lot more of that. Going into Salesforce, we're very business focused, yeah. um, KPIs and all that kind of stuff.
0: What's KPI? Key, key performance indicators. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yes. Key perform- What's a key performance indicator? What's an example?
1: Conversion rate, average handle time in a call center. If you, I feel there's there's it can be a million I guess depending on the company but
0: <laughs> okay. that's all part of the story grooming you're talking about so that's one thing you might be doing yes right? and you're doing wireframing as well yeah yep. Figma and, uh, yeah and yeah the other thing you mentioned sketch sketch right
1: yeah so we'll definitely right now we're doing it all in sketch we have because of the remote aspect of work lately it's been really hard to deal with passing files back and forth. So Figma allows us not to have to do with that so much. There is, we are using abstract, which is like a GitHub for design uh, files kind of, but it's Github that
0: like coding kind yes. of? Yes, repository,
1: yeah. Unity, so it, yeah. you essentially like take a version of a master file out, make your edits, then merge it into the master file. And so no one is working on the same version of anything at any time. So you don't lose work, you keep work. You mm-hmm. have a repository of all of the updates made on the work. It's very messy.
0: It's interesting you, you mentioned uh, Figma because I was when I was doing some research, I came across the article or, you know, the, oh. your Medium uh, post. But that was a while ago. That wasn't it was. like recent. So yeah. that was uh, something you were already investigating or, or looking into, and now yeah, you're using it a little bit more. Or
1: I like to call myself an early adopter because I <laughs> tend to sure. I like I tend to just find things and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna check this out. This seems cool, you know, that kind of thing. So I've been using Figma on personal projects probably since, oh gosh, maybe 2017. I don't remember when I wrote that article. I yes, to that. 2017.
0: It 2017. Is it?
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So it might even been earlier than that. I might've been on it maybe in 2016. With big companies comes lots of red tape, we know. So yeah. it was a lot of people had to push for us to be able to use Figma because Sketch had already been implemented as the design program to use at, at our company. So right. it took a lot longer, um, happened to be our business tech team who... Uh, was the designers on there were like we need to use this this is great da 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 we're in a pandemic kind of thing, right. um, and so it's only been just sort of allowed for us to be more open about that and like using that in the last few months, which is nice. So because
0: it has because it's it's browser
1: based. Right. It is, bre- it, uh, there, is an, there is an app version, um, okay. a desktop app, but it's only for Mac, just like Sketch, but the browser-based allows people to use it on PCs if they wanted to. I like to call it like the Google Docs of, of design programs. That's why it's really nice. You just keep working together or you know, yeah, multiple oh, just...
0: people can be in the same file and working on yeah. different pieces of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it has all those kind of collaboration tools. I haven't used Figma, but it, you can comment and
1: yeah, you can, you can comment. You can do um, you can do like present mode where. You, uh, it gets rid of all of your UI and then people can follow your mouse. So if I'm presenting, I'm I'm just going to drag and move things over and everyone's screen will sort of follow me and I can walk through things. They have a prototype, uh, ability inside directly inside of it as well. They have a, a code export for not, not direct code. You can, it can show all of your, you know, your fonts, your, uh, your hex color, your hex codes for your colors, that kind of stuff listed out for the devs so that they don't have to grab
0: that piece, those pieces. It's pretty cool. So wait a minute. You're not talking about any of the Adobe products, right? So do you use any of those? Like, or the, in your area of design, is that just not something that you use much of
1: not any, not really anymore. I'll be honest. I use illustrator for, if I have to design icons, because I still like the factor abilities, of illustrator better. Does that happen a lot with me? No, only because we're, I'm working with a design system and we have out of the box, like icons that I'm supposed to be using. So it's not really my own icons I'm doing, which means illustrators not very much in my in my um, toolbox anymore either. And every now and then I have to crop an image and I like right. to do that better in Photoshop. Yeah, I'm not really using Adobe products.
0: <laughs> you mentioned something about icons. So do you have a whole live a whole like visual language system? Yep. You access and you know you're not really creating those assets you're just referring to the library
1: yeah unless we're doing unless we're doing like custom component we have all the the entire salesforce design system like at lightningdesignsystem.com so mm-hmm. anybody can download it use it see it yeah a lot of the time i'm I'm just designing from our, our design system mm-hmm. that we're working with which is very comprehensive very helpful and allows me to ideate a lot quicker i think so it's yeah. really helpful
0: yeah you don't have to think about all some of those details you're focused on other Kinds mm-hmm. of problem solving. Yeah. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I do have some images. I want let's I want to take a look at some of these because I want you to talk about something because you have like you have the I'm sales just cringe so much. <laughs> you have the Salesforce stuff, but then you have all these other projects that you've you've worked on. And
1: I just okay. do like too much stuff, honestly.
0: <laughs> okay. So yeah. this one I remember you talking about this when you came to St. Rose. I think you showed this at yeah. the alumni event you were I mean I, I just want to show it also because it's it's a visual of something that you know something that you might work on that is not that common to say you know the graphic design world right So right. Like this information architecture, these user flow kind of maps and things like that that yeah so what, what is this one?
1: This was for a a, um, a concept redesign of the the Twitch iOS app. Twitch is a gaming platform that I frequent readily. I was very frustrated at the their iOS pieces because a lot of the gaming community is very Android heavy, very, mm-hmm. very PC heavy. And at the time I was, I, I now have an Android ironically, but um, <laughs> at the time I had an iPhone and it was very frustrating. I feel like to, there are a lot of pieces that I just didn't didn't make sense to me on their uh, app at the time. And so I was like, I'm just going to do this side project where I'm yeah. redesigning this. And, and I, I really... I'm such a nerd about User Flows. I love User Flows so much. <laughs> My brain is so left-heavy, so organization-heavy that User Flows get me excited. So I just was like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go for it. What's
0: what's a User yeah. Flow? Just to yeah. Sorry,
1: I'm is- using all the jargon without being explanatory. So User Flow is essentially the ability for a user to go from a starting point to an ending point in terms of a, a, maybe a journey that they're doing. So maybe on Twitch, a user a User Flow would be like. I'm user A and I'm looking to find a content creator to follow, to chat in their page, and maybe to click a link to their other social site from their page or something like that. So just something that allows the UX designer to analyze all of the bases and kind of flex the information architecture and and move it around for the most logical
0: way to organize the information. This is a project you worked on a little while ago. Was yeah, work.
1: yeah. So we, this was one before I was at Salesforce. We were, okay. um, I was at my my agency Sequence. This is right before, I think a month before we got acquired by Salesforce. Chipotle was our client, excuse me. We were a, consul- a consultancy. They had this terrible, terrible UI, as you can see for their online ordering system that is essentially taking in the online orders that they have um, gotten uh, for pickup. They have like, a separate line okay. On inside of chipotle that they were using to write down what's needed you know any customizations how many orders they have for each time slot of the day and it had to be on a tv screen for someone that's expediting where they have to do the bagging and put everything away but then additionally for the people making the orders so this was the expedition screen so this is if i were like i'm working making sure that everything's together i'm getting these bags ready and putting them on the the pickup sort of shelves, I guess, as you call them, it's pretty, it's pretty rough to look
0: at. <laughs> yeah. So we're looking at this, this interface as bright green and bright yellow with lots of white next yeah. to those bright colors. Yeah. And, uh, and then this was a, the same screen or a similar screen that, but that you redesigned. Is that it right?
1: is a similar screen. Yeah. So I had to show a couple error states in this one, but is this is the expo station, this is the expo mm-hmm. screen. So essentially I tried my best to sort of make it feel more touch focused Mm -hmm. because they were working on they were working on either i can't remember if it was a touch like a a big tablet or a touch tv or something it was it was it was touchable um but also clickable I, i tried to adjust it so it felt like it made more sense for a reduction in space because the the last one is like you have to click to open the time slot And then you can collapse it and then you can click and open to, to open each meal and all this other stuff. And it just felt like too much, honestly. So what we, what I did was I I just adjust it. So we have essentially a sidebar nav on the left, but where it functions as tabs. And then you have the different components for each customer and then the the ordered items under, underneath you can see if they're if they're late or behind by the you know the red icon i was pretty proud of this when i when i did it i was like this looks so much better oh my goodness
0: like i was i was, well, I was pretty happy with so myself much than thank other, you yeah yeah well i mean like using the conventions of green and red to begin with right I mean, right most people are going to understand that you know that uh what those colors signify right in right face so exactly yeah, yeah. and there was. One little note that I remember reading on the website was about just being really aware of the typography or the size of type, because it was on a screen that was sitting across from, or sitting on a wall that people were a few feet away from it. So like just that idea of thinking about type in a very different context than a lot of designers think about type as just, you know, a handheld distance or, uh, you know, if you're books or magazines, but maybe thinking about it differently if it's a poster, but certainly something large, but on a
1: screen. We we honestly wouldn't have known that unless we had done on-site user research. I didn't do it myself at the time. I was just the, the visual designer at sequence. So we had our UX researchers go out to a bunch of different studio or stores. And yeah, they have a burrito bowl making station. And then they're probably, you know, 20 to 36 inches away from the the monitor. So we definitely needed to stick with like a
0: bigger font size. That's a great story for just design in the real world. There's a lot of people think like design is just like, let's make some pretty pictures. Let's make it look right. cool. Right. But to really go out there and do that research and to watch people, you know, in this case, the employees of, of a company, like interact with an interface or interact with a thing that you're designing or that you're redesigning. Right. And to see what you could do to improve that design, to help them be more efficient in their job or or you know whatever the problem is you're trying to solve so we'll switch gears entirely so yeah comic books um and i love comic books but, you know. <laughs> so this is something again you you it was like a brief moment i remember you writing something you posted something a while back and and you're doing the lettering for this is that right
1: yeah yeah so the art here is done by my friend jonna moore who was based in the philippines the writer is my friend, Brendan, who lives in Canada, and he, he sort of got me into comics. Honestly, I love, I always love art. Like, I mean, you can't like go to art school without loving art. I've always been an art fan, but I never, I hadn't given really comics a chance. I think I, I, I would like to blame society and say, <laughs> well, I was a girl and you didn't show me comics, but I also, I feel like I didn't go out of my way to look for it. The art that you can create in comics is something that I have absolutely grown so much respect for. And I got really intrigued by the lettering aspect. I was like, who are people just throwing stuff on here? Like, did the artists do this? I didn't even know letterers were a thing.
0: Yeah. They get their Um, own credit. Yeah. Yeah. The whole deal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And now I have two. I have two (laughs) credit. It it was, it was really cool. And it was something that I taught myself. I, I obviously went to design school, so that helps. I got really into like, oh, well, this is the etiquette. It's not sort of like design etiquette, that type etiquette that they have in the community, the lettering community, which is so interesting to, to learn about. I read a couple of books on it. Uh, yeah. I just decided to give it a go. And, and I happened to have no artist and yeah. author friends that needed letterers. And I was like, I'll do it. I'm here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely like a different I mean, this feels so different than what we were just talking about, like Salesforce and you know, yeah, <laughs> like customer service platform, relationship platforms and things. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's very just good to see like this range. And I know you have all these these other interests uh, as well. So it's just yeah,
1: yeah. I'm a big nerd. So yeah, a well, nerd. Um... <laughs> I
0: think we all are. Or yeah, maybe, that's fair. we have our own interests. One of the, one of the other things that I I did come across that, that so there's that article that you you wrote about Figma, but there's also the other article about, about conferences is definitely this thing that is changed uh in the past year. So yeah. so my question, because you, you had this article, it's like in the post-COVID world, right? When we're all yeah. done with this, hopefully by the end of this year, yeah. um, what conferences are you looking forward to to going to to you know going out there and meeting people? Like do you have conferences that you you're you're bummed out that you didn't get to go to them this past year?
1: Oh, absolutely! And not only just design because I love design cons, but I also love comic cons and mm-hmm. gaming cons and that kind of stuff too. It's just like a this whole world where you meet like-minded people and you just mm-hmm. have like you have drinks and you talk about dope stuff that you both love. It just you you feel so much at home in mm-hmm. a place that's brand new. So it's really one of my favorite experiences to have. One that we did, I didn't get to go to this year, which we got refunded for unfortunately was CropCon. So CropCon is uh, normally based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And we had planned, we went myself and a few of my friends that I graduated from St. Rose with. (laughs) Mackenzie McK- <laughs> Carey, Ashley Blanchard, Mike Burrows, Courtney Carpenter, and then your other student from Sage, uh, Ron Gibbons. We we turned into sort of just this design con group. We're like, we're going to go to a con every year. We're going to just see what's new. We're going to have a good time, explore a new city, that kind of thing. So we were actually supposed to go. Originally, CropCon was going to be a cruise this year. They were like, we're going to do a cruise. It's going to be really cool, blah, blah, blah. Then there was a major hurricane at the end of 2019 in the Caribbean. So then they were like, alright oh, we're going to do an it Austin. It's going to be really great. I'd never been to Austin. So I was like, yeah, let's yeah. go. You yeah, know, yeah Austin's fine. Great. Yeah. And then they kept pushing it and pushing it. They would go like it hit March 15th or something. They're like, oh, all right, oh yeah. I think we're still going to have it. It's going to be fine. And then we get two weeks later, they're like, "Oh, we're gonna push it by a couple months." And so they oh, said yeah. that. And then, and then eventually they were like, "Okay, here's a refund." <laughs> <laughs> cool. So it was really disappointing because I, I love, especially the people that I just mentioned. I I don't live near them anymore. We used to all be <laughs> in Albany together, and they're my, some of my closest friends. I've been to f- their weddings. It's it was pretty disappointing. Another con, I love I love Twitch. So Twitch Con oh. was supposed to happen in September which is in San Diego, gorgeous part of the country, gorgeous weather. And that's where I get to meet all the other people that not necessarily designed, but love gaming and just hanging out and talking about nerd stuff. And I can go buy Harry Potter merch, which is like <laughs> the thing that I love and and just veg out and be in a gorgeous beachside city. And that was really disappointing because I also have a lot of friends in the UK and in Europe as well for, through gaming. And so I I look forward to that, to be able to see them because that's, it's much more reasonable that I'd go and drive out and meet someone that I knew in Boston because mm-hmm. I only like a few hours from there, whereas <laughs> flying to England might be a little more dramatic of a trip. Right. Um, <laughs> so I usually use those cons for the connection with them and getting to know that person.
0: <laughs> so, t- so tell me a little bit more about Twitch. I, s- I signed up for an account. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw because- you followed
1: me when I was live. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Sure.
0: I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, Saint Rose has an esports team, so I was like, so I was like, okay, well, I'll check it out. You know, because it has, it has elements of design. There's an interface to the games and an interface to the websites and motion graphics and like all this stuff that I I could find a way in. Twitch in general
1: is great. Fantastic people. There are people that I uh, have met through Twitch and gaming that I. Feel like if I had never known them, never met them, I feel like I would have missed out in my life, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I started uh, streaming on Twitch in 2016, just doing creative stuff. So I was doing like art, like illustration and and design. I would swap off, and then I recently, over the last like six months or so, swapped to just games because I got sort of imposter syndrome, and it was really, it's really. There's a lot of pressure to go on stream. And talk about, I'm doing, I'm doing this and you should, you should know this design principle because of that, you know, like yeah. I, I didn't go to school for education. It right. was very, very casual for me. So for me to feel like I needed every, every second to make an, a perfect visual for someone to look at um, was really, really hard and really stressful to, for me. Whereas gaming, you don't like me, look at the pretty picture on my screen, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, look at the cool fight animation or, you know, something <laughs> like that. And I like them equally, right? It wasn't, hard for me to be happy either way it was just um you know it's hard to be a creative with anxiety <laughs> that's
0: all <laughs> like anxiety
1: yeah yeah oh man
0: <laughs> should we talk about that are you anxious all the time
1: I'm a very anxious person just like get very it's just a lot of mind reading that I have before mm-hmm. I even got on here I was like oh Chris is gonna ask me about questions that I have no ed- idea how to answer and oh please Chris is, Chris is gonna judge me blah 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 like <laughs> all the those type of like ridiculous things I
0: want I to me. I want to talk to you because you know so much more than me actually I'm gonna segue into a question so one question well there's like two students asked a very similar question Lauren Halleck and Rodman Rogers they basically ask how did you decide what type of graphic design you wanted to pursue or or when did that change right because what you do now is very different than uh you know being in a graphic design studio course in college making posters you know or you know a a magazine right so at what point did you sort of figure that out
1: I think it was somewhere between like the end of junior year somewhere somewhere around the end of junior year and then I I was excited to like get into my first UX class my senior year and you were you were teaching. And I I think I, there was so many people that were like, oh, I don't wanna do websites. Oh, that's like terrible. <laughs> I'm gonna do, I'm gonna be like a boss graphic designer where I make dope posters and everyone's gonna want them on their wall. And like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna do merch for bands and stuff, and I was like, I love all that stuff. But honestly, the concept of interaction design and like designing these really complex systems was, it, hit me on both sides of the brain. Like I was, I was all about, I'm very, very left brain person, but I love, I love art and I love the beauty that art can bring. So I felt like I UX sort of. Encompassed all of that for me. So I think I was pretty set on it, probably second half of junior year. And then, (laughs) and I was also, I'm going to be a designer and developer. And then I (laughs) I don't know if you remember this, but I get into like, it was like first day of my class with you and I don't know, I'm, I'm, I am I'm. like to challenge people. And I, I was like, so what are you telling me, Chris? Like, I can't be a designer and a developer at the same caliber? And you were like, no. And I was like, no, that's not true, I can't. Like, I was so mad at you that day. I was like, Chris is telling me that I can't. And now I, I totally agree with you. You were absolutely correct. I was a stubborn little Thank jerk, you.
0: <laughs> Just make sure, that one's definitely staying in. in we're not gonna edit that out. <laughs>
1: I was so adamant that I was going to like do design and development. And, and now I'm like, oh God, thank God I don't have to code.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I still hold to that. It would be a rare person that can do both of those really well. And
1: yeah. And at the time I was minoring in computer science. So like I was in those classes where they were talking about that.
0: It's such a challenge. I mean, I like the challenge of, of trying to figure out some code once in a while, but there's a certain point where I, the ideas you have, are just like, Oh, I just, Oh yeah. If it does this and it moves this way and that's the interaction. Yeah. But I can't code that, you know, yeah. so it's like, right. It just burst your bubble a little bit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, okay. I need, I need somebody else to program that. Cause that's right. I right. can never do that. We got to wrap up. I got some, here's my pop quiz. Okay. So quick, pop quiz. quick, uh, question. So favorite work beverage. Oh, matcha latte. Whoa, that's a new one. uh Favorite after work beverage? Oh, a sour beer. A sour beer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sketchbook blank or gridded? Gridded. Gridded. So this one's specifically for you. Favorite UI pattern? Oh, oh.
1: Ta- I like toggles. I like toggle switches. I'm, I'm such a nerd, but like I love toggles. <laughs> that is such a nerd answer. <laughs>
0: Douglas which is on and off. That's it. (laughs) Yes or no. (laughs) Let's see. Uh, when you're working, if you listen to music, what genre of music do you listen to? So it
1: depends on what mood I'm in, right? So if I'm in like a situation where I have an end of the day deadline, it's gonna Mm -hmm. be low it's gonna be lo-fi hip-hop on on Spotify where it's just like I don't really hear music Mm -hmm. or I don't hear the lyrics. It's very like Get you into the flow. Into yes, exactly. Yeah. That's my flow music. If I don't have a deadline, but I'm working and I'm trying to like get in my mind, it's a lot of different things. I love pop and I like pop punk and I like just anything that I can jam out and sing to while I'm mm-hmm. designing. I love I love singing. So <laughs> <laughs> I do that a lot. <laughs> when are we
0: gonna see that on Twitch? Oh the singing.
1: N- um, I did that before actually, <laughs> and I have deleted the VOD and we'll never go back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all, right, all right. Okay, Netflix, Apple TV, Disney or Hulu? Hulu. Hulu, Hulu? Yeah. yeah. So that's why I read you were binge watching favorite show. What's what's the favorite show on Hulu that you're you've watched or you are watching?
1: Oh man. Well, I I Hulu I u- use for like my current airing shows. Mm-hmm. So it's not really binging. I'm doing the one at a time at oh, okay. Hulu. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say if if I had to pick that'd be like a million little things is really good on ABC. Very nice uh-huh. social drama. Oh, Zoe, Zoe's extraordinary playlist is back, which I very much like very musical type of show. Very like pop, fun and silly. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, if it were Netflix, if it were Netflix, it'd be like parks and rec. That's like oh, my, yeah. my go-to. Yeah.
0: yeah. Those are the, those are the questions. Any, uh, any that final thoughts for, for any of the students out there or Designers that might want to transition to UX.
1: Yeah, for sure. I would say definitely for people looking into UX, it's the same way you think about things. I think it's just a matter of learning accessibility and like caring Mm -hmm. for users' needs. It's on a it's only it starts with the user, right? Mm -hmm. I would say I have I have worked with and currently work with multiple people who have graduated from the General Assembly course for UX design. And it is very comprehensive and helpful and creates
0: smart thinking designers in terms of UX. Erica Cotton of Salesforce. Yes. And the College of St. Rose. Yes. Yeah, it was great to talk to you.
1: Yeah, great talking to you too, Chris. All right,
0: bye.
1: Bye.
0: So what do we learn from Erica? Research. Research is definitely important. It will inform your design projects, uh, help you create experiences that communicate uh, to your audiences. Uh, So get out there in the field and do some design research. Also play some games, whether it's on Twitch or somewhere else, play some games, video games, board games, outdoor games, have some fun. Thanks to Erica Cotton of Salesforce. If you have any comments or questions for me or any of the guests, please leave them in the comments and subscribe so you can get the next episode of Design Futures. Until then, go learn something. Your future depends on it. Thanks for listening. See ya.